you know, how many people were praying for the Patriots to win? How many people were praying for the Eagles to win? You know, and there was only one winner. <laughs> well, I, I had to remind the, uh, the one third of my congregation that came out in their Patriots gear that, you know, God is presence within, not, you know, Patriot lover in the sky somewhere. So you could pray as much as you want, but God didn't answer in your prayers in that way. So just remember right. God's not the old white patriot in the sky. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Welcome to episode 79 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as the Reverends Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage current events, thorny theological issues, and various spiritual matters usually with a good brew in hand. Today's show is brought to you by our sponsors. Our first sponsor is New Thought Channel Television. It's a proud sponsor of Pub Theology Live. Watch New Thought, spiritual but not religious, empowering and positive television anytime, anywhere. Catching original programs, talks, movies, and more online on your TV, on your phone or tablet or iPad. Visit NewThoughtChannel.com to learn more and subscribe. Change the channel, change your life. And we're also brought to you by Wink Wine Club, W-I-N-C, Wink. Here's my visual wink aid. There you go. (laughs) Wink features superbly crafted wines delivered right to your door. Get started at trywink, T-R-Y-W-I-N-C.com slash PT Live for $20 off your first order and other savings. Even better, how about three bottles on the house? If you leave us a voicemail at 980-PT-LIVE-0, that's 980-785-4830, or send us an email, info at pubtheology.com. If you have a question, the topic to discuss, any comments on previous shows, um, you'll be entered to win three free bottles on the house. All you do is pay tax and shipping, and that wine will come to your door as long as your state allows it. We're going to pick one winner every month. So try the wink, try the wine. I'd rather they be in the house instead of on the house because I have a tall house and I'd have to. What did I say? They'll be delivered on your house? (laughs) No. She's teasing. She's teasing. I'm teasing you because you use the, the idiom on the house. On the house. Oh, I, uh, I see what you did there. See what see you what did I, there? I see what you did there. <laughs> gotcha. Nice. Well, you can also join our conversation on Twitter or Facebook using hashtag PTLive. And today, a listener asks, can you make your church appealing to those who don't believe in God? And what would your message kind of look like if you took the divine equation out. Uh, So we'll discuss that. And we'll also consider the case of the Brazilian grandmother who accidentally prayed to a figure of Elrond from Lord of the Rings for years, thinking it was St. Anthony, which prompts the question, does it really matter who we're praying to as long as we're praying? We will discuss all of that and more. Today, I am drinking a Denali Hero, a Denali Hopped IPA from Revolution Brewing in Chicago. Uh, and I'm drinking it out of my Yukon Brewing uh, Company from Whitehorse Yukon Glass, so that feels somehow somehow <laughs> fitting. And uh, Shannon, tell us what you're drinking. So I am drinking an RAR Nanocoke Nectar um, IPA, which again, not a huge fan of IPAs, but this one's pretty good. I like the little dragon over here. That's my nice. little, little thing. This is a local um, out of Cambridge, Maryland brew. Um, RAR makes a lot of great beers that I that I like. Sweet. Ogan, welcome. And what are you drinking? 
Um, I'm back on the wagon. Or am I off the wagon? What is it when you're drinking again? Uh, you? I think you're off the wagon. I'm off the wagon. All right, fell off the wagon back again. You fell off the wagon. <laughs> I've taken a break, but I'm going to Barbados tomorrow, so I figured I'd get started on the on the imbibing a little early. And nothing says cold weather than hot chocolate. So I am drinking from Stone Brewery. It is Choco Chocovesa. Oh, mm, I love that one. Out. Inspired by Mexican hot chocolate. Nice. It is. It is going to be tasty. So, yes, I mentioned I'm hopping on a plane. Vacation starts for me as of now. Uh, tomorrow, my daughter and I are going to Barbados. We're going to visit some family for, for a couple of weeks. Uh, so I won't be here on the pod. But our listeners, you got to tune in next week. This is a special Valentine's Week episode. It's going to be the couples. So Brian will, will, will be joined by his wife, Christine, also. And Shannon will be joined by her husband, Derek. They're newlyweds and also a minister. Have you gotten used to the my husband, Derek thing yet? Or that's still yeah, like, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that was, it's way more natural now than like, you know, yeah, like when so you're in second week. marriages and like you're in your late thirties and you're like, my boyfriend is like, oh, that's like, you know. All right. So the so it'll be a double couple show uh, next week as they discuss uh, love in the time of religion and other fun things. I don't know. Mm. Tune in. Tune we in. we may or may not end up talking about sex in the church. God only knows. Sex in the church or on the church? Well, I I, I, there? Ooh, well, I it won't be on the house. It won't be that. on the house. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. This dick ain't free. <laughs> oh man! Wow. Woo. Woo. Okay then. Well, the anticipation's building for next week, but today... Uh, Certainly he, not on the Lord's house, let's just be very clear. <laughs> <laughs> All clarity. Uh, wondering uh, if you guys... Well, I'm wondering, maybe you did not watch the Super Bowl, because I know one of you is boycotting, and one of you doesn't know that it was Super Bowl weekend, uh, but wondering if you caught any of the commercials, and if you had a favorite or a least favorite, because if you didn't watch, you probably heard something about some of them. Okay, so just to be clear, I'm the person of whom he speaks. I don't watch football. Um, I did watch the Super Bowl. It is like the maybe one game of the year I watched nice. because I'm at a party with people and it's a social thing. This uh, uh, this Sunday, past Sunday, it was just me and the girlfriend and we were just hanging out and we were watching the Super Bowl uh, together. And when I saw that guy get hit and basically had to be almost carted off the field, it reminded yeah. me why I don't watch uh that's yeah, brutal sport anyways did watch the game i live up here in patriot nation um so it was a somber monday Mm. (laughs) because the patriots did not pull off the last minute heroic of the hail mary pass from tom brady so close so close oh so sad tiny violin i i i I, I, (laughs) hey hey again not my sport not my thing not my circus not my monkeys but um, but commercials commercials uh, so only two real commercials that that um, I was wowed by, of course, um, the sneak preview of the new Solo movie in the Star Wars storyline. That was awesome. Taylor teaser. Taylor, the trailer teaser. It's hard to say. Right. <laughs> Followed by the trailer the next day. But but that one I rewinded a couple times because that was just cool. Um, and and also the Eminem commercial uh-huh. where. You know the guy found the the Eminem found the lucky penny and turned into Danny DeVito, which I just thought was hilarious. Uh, nice Danny DeVito. But overall, I thought weak weak Super Bowl commercial this mm. this year. Um, the, so we were uh, discussing this. People don't watch commercials anymore, right? Like, not only that, but they release them early. So, early. <laughs> right. so that so that's where it mine. So. I my so we've been boycotting the season, right? So we mm-hmm. we are in we are huge Derek and are huge football fans and it's part of what you know drew us together when we were just friends and huge NFL fans and college football. I'm a little more college football um and then got into NFL later in life. But in support of Colin Kaepernick, it just um was something we very much needed to do. We gave ourselves one year. We will be back next year. You know, we gave ourselves one year of that. Um, But, so it was my friend, one of my very, very best friends in Baltimore. It was her birthday. And so I went over to her house and she has also been boycotting this year. And um, 
So she and I kind of were standing in the kitchen while other people were watching the Super Bowl. And yeah. so every once in a while, people would be like, oh my God, you have to see this. And it was so hard because the Eagles were kicking the Patriots' ass for a while. And I was like, this is the Super Bowl I've waited my whole life to see. Not because I was like a huge Eagles fan, but like anybody but the Patriots. Yeah. Yes, Brian, I'm looking at you. I anybody you. but the Patriots. But so here's the thing about the commercials, though. So my friend Dawn and her boyfriend work for McCormick Spices, which is in my hood. It's like a mile from my cor- uh, church, this McCormick Spices um, and their plants and their corporate offices. And they, um, this is going to sound really funny. I'm sure they have really great titles, but they work in cheeses. <laughs> like Dawn does all the like bulk buying of cheese and whatever. And Doritos, the flavoring of Doritos is their account. So, although it had been released early, the Doritos Mountain Dew commercial, like when that came on, the room kind of goes crazy because like anything Doritos is there. It's, it's one of the big money makers of pandemic. So, um, but I admit I saw it ahead of time. I loved, I loved it. I loved Peter Dinklage. I love, um, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Like, I loved the commercial. I thought yeah. it was amazing. I was a little disappointed that they released it ahead of time. I thought that yeah. would be a great reveal for Super Bowl. But whatever, they're prerogative. But I, I liked it. Speak, speaking of Doritos, quick segue. Have you heard of, and if mm. you have, what do you feel about the uh, proposed uh, Doritos chips for women? So it's not true. Oh, was that a hoax? It's a hoax. (laughs) So somebody, so for those that don't know, this happened today, literally this morning. Somebody put out, I'm sorry, the article that I saw about somebody saying it was true was on Fox News, so that's all I'm going to say. But somebody put out that they're making a ladies-friendly Dorito that fits in your purse that crunches softer. And Doritos came out with a statement that says, we already have a Doritos for women. It's called Doritos. Like, <laughs> oh my god, long live the patriarchy, Let's right? Ladies, their own chips, <laughs> but yeah, wow. anyway. that's crazy. So, I agreed, I, I love that commercial as well. Uh, the Doritos Mountain Dew, I thought that was that was a lot of fun. Um, there was, I, I believe, a, there was two commercials by the same company, one of which I thought was clever and well done, the other one was absolutely inappropriate and wrong. Uh, that was Dodge Ram. They did a Vikings commercial before the game where all these Vikings are kind of doing their thing. They get picked up by a truck. They get in their Viking ship. They pull the truck, you know, across the Atlantic Ocean, drive to Minneapolis. It says, you know, Vikings welcome. And then on their, on their dashboard, it says, tonight's matchup, New England, Philadelphia. And they turn that truck right around. <laughs> I just thought it was so clever because it built, it was built like a mo- building, you know, like a movie yeah. and just, you know, the music and thought of that was super clever and hilarious. Uh, but then they blew everything by using a speech from Martin Luther King Jr. to sell trucks, which was obscene. And in which same speech he denounces commercialism, mar- commercialism yeah. marketing, yeah. capitalism, militarism, all the things celebrated in that ad. And it was just like, what are you doing? And, and and the backlash from the liberal side, sorry, Ogan, is that no. the King Center allowed them to use it, right? No, they did a sign off, that right? They signed off. Now, you know, they're saying certain people in that don't sign off, but like the so, King Center is the one doing the disservice of like letting you chop up a speech, right? So, yeah. so the so the deep dive on that, it's 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 one of the king only one of the king children, um has the has the authority on king's like um image and voice to sign off on that yeah. one thing and um the sense i got was it was about expanding awareness of king and his speeches but you're right that wasn't the right one to use taken out of context because it was speaking against comparison and capitalism and in the original speech specifically talking about <laughs> your neighbors getting the next car that's got to be better than your neighbors specifically <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> unbelievable yeah that was that was that. Um, i mean unless the king center's motivation is for this conversation right here right mm-hmm. is like hey 
this is a way to like <laughs> get out the real message of this. I don't know. May, that may be way too generous, but um, one more commercial, which yeah. if I weren't at like Doritos Central Party, right, I might yeah. have found this the favorite, which is a little ironic for me because it is a commercial for the NFL. But yes. the Eli Manning, yes. um, Beckham Jr., uh, uh, dirty, dirty dancing scene. Oh my God. And like Eli Manning fully embraced his whiteness and his like, <laughs> I can't dance. Like, oh man. It was just beautiful. It was just amazing. And I love it. I could just picture the film too, Swayze and Gray. And I'm just like too much, you know, it was right. awesome. <laughs> you got, you got to appreciate people who can laugh at themselves and, and, and do silly things. And, Absolutely. And it, it was only about like three quarters way through that, that I realized, Oh my God, they're doing the dirty day. <laughs> it took a while. I'm like, what is and like they right totally now? did the lift. They, they did the, like, they just like, were like, we're doing it. Let's do it. Now, one thing that's uh, to, to Brian's uh, point about, you know, a multiple same company, multiple ads that started off kind of funny, but then I was like, Oh, here we go again was the tide. Yeah. Uh, things. Like it started cute and I was like, oh, I see what they're doing here. But by the fourth one, I was like, oh, okay, enough. Yeah, yeah. it was clever, but they also spent a lot of money. Too, too much. I know, right? But you know what? what? Hey, the... People are eating them pods and dying. So, so they better spend some money to, to fix it. Who was the company that spent, they spent a $5 million on an ad to advertise that they had given $100,000 for clean Budweiser. Budweiser. I was like, way to go, guys. Way to, way to be but, good. But, but. Then this came up in our local uh, pub theology. Uh, it's come up a few times as we've talked about this kind of stuff. Is that a cool shift, I think, in marketing is that it's not so much sex that sells anymore as much as altruism. Interesting. Right? So people, yeah. are, people are leveraging acts of kindness or a Martin Luther King Jr. speech or helping, you know, Hyundai did this whole ad on we sell hope comes with every Hyundai, yeah. you know, like well, that's what that, people are using now to sell. With the anti-racism, right? That one, like people, yeah. yeah, I mean. Well, that's all well and good. I appreciate Eminem sticking with the sex appeal and getting Danny. <laughs> <laughs> well done. This was, well done. I didn't actually didn't see that one. Was the sexy green Eminem lady in it? She, she was, but she <laughs> remained she an Eminem. Right. Oh, well, that's good. Because the final the sign the final scene of the ad was him looking in the mirror saying, "Hey, I'm looking good or looking sexy or something," and she uh -huh. says, "You're still short and bald." <laughs> yeah. Which apparently there's a cure for baldness in uh, McDonald's French fries. So oh, you just got to put some French fries. Go for that. On top. On top of your head. <laughs> I think the sad part is in that whole thing with the French fries and the baldness is they're leading with the headlines of the. You know the fries have the cure to baldness, but we're all glossing over the fact that the chemical in which they're frying our potatoes, <laughs> the same stuff in silly putty and talk right. and and Ugh. adhesives yeah. that they're using in the oil to prevent splatter. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> oh wow, wow, it's insane. So here's here's what I want to do with the commercials. I'm gonna put up. We'll we'll put up this question on the Facebook page and on Twitter, and then I'm gonna put in the comments, we'll put each of ours like favorites, and then people can vote on them and see what they go. think. Go for or it. add your own to be voted on. And uh, yeah, let's it. see what people want. Let's That's see what a, people think. That, you know, that actually makes a good segue into that, uh, the, the praying to Elrond character question, mm. because like, if something that's bad for you produces good results, like, do we still do the thing that's bad for us? Because this chemical that they fry the oil, you know, they put in the oil and put fries in, sure, it might cure baldness, which arguably is a superficial thing, but it's arguably, you know, but but what else is it doing to our system, you know, when we ingest it? So sure. here we are, we got this woman who's praying to Elrond from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yes. So here's thinking the it's a saint. And and and, yeah. and we share we shared a picture of uh, we, you know, when we were talking about this during the week, we should, uh, I think it was you, Shannon, who shared that video of the guy who yes. gave his mom or um, his mom was praying to. It was Obi Wan Kenobi, right? Obi Wan. It was yeah. It was Ewan it was McGregor. Ewan McGregor, right? As Obi Wan Kenobi. And she thought it was Jesus. She thought it was Jesus. Yeah. Strong, strong Jesus like likeness. Right. Which I mean, so 
here's my thing with this though is that like this is where icons so my tradition doesn't have icons right so we're presbyterian we stripped away icons but i still think iconoclasts right (laughs) we are are anti no and but like i mean i still think icons are beautiful and i have friends that have homes with them everywhere they're great right we actually have one of those saint candles in our house with mr rogers on it Nice. <laughs> yes. He is our he is the Presbyterian patron saint. Um Oh my god, did you hear the making a movie with Tom yes, Hanks? Yes, Tom Hanks. So I, I mean I'm actually iffy on Tom Hanks, but love Fred Rogers so much that I will go see anything with his name on it. Nice. Um But here's the thing. She had a picture, right, of a character from Lord of the Rings or a picture from Star Wars. But she's praying to St. Anthony or she's praying to Jesus, right? Yes. So yes. it's not like devil worship or like, quote unquote, right? She didn't make Lord of the Rings. Her it wasn't name. elvish worship. Exactly. No, no, no. You know what? I, but you know what I'm saying, right? So like right. her prayers were still put towards St. Anthony. Does oh. that make any sense? Were yeah. they? I, well, maybe that's the question. Ogan, I guess what do you, what do you think? <laughs> well. That I mean, that is that is the question. If uh, a if the prayers are going towards Saint Anthony, a why do we need the figurine? And if we have the figurine, does it negate the fact? Does it somewhat negate the prayers because it isn't um, actual figurine of Saint Anthony? It's it's Elrond. And yes, the way the writing, the the, the way it is written, I think to Shannon's point is not. Uh, truly reflective of the prayer intention. So I don't think she was maybe praying to the statue. I don't know, but you know, as in as an idol worship, but but using the statue as a as a as a um, like I guess a trigger. What do you call it? A prompt, right? To, to remember to pray, to 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 lift up her prayers, um, or or whatever. And I I I think it's I think it's a matter it's a matter of belief. This is this is yes. the, for me the power of belief. If she believed that thing is Saint Anthony and she's extending her prayers towards Saint Anthony, um, then that's where the prayers are going. I mean, Which you know. brings up another question uh, about praying to saints. You know, uh, and yeah, I don't go for that. But. No doubt we have we have some listeners uh, in a in the Catholic tradition or a tradition in which they or uh, even that's right, that's yeah. right, where they might um, pray not just through a saint, but perhaps to a saint. Uh, so wondering how either of you feel about that, because that I think in that setting, the saint is kind of an intermediary uh, between themselves and God. And so what do you think about that? Can you pray to a saint? Is a saint listening, receiving, transmitting, or does that feel like it's misplaced to you? For me, like this is, this not to give a history lesson on the re- like Reformation, but like this is what, the discussion was in the Reformation. We don't need the intermediary, right? We can speak directly to God. We like, Mm -hmm. like God, God and I have a direct line. I don't need a saint who was perfect in life mediating between us. So for pot in my, if I, if I stay true, very true to that belief, whether you pray to um, Obi-Wan Kenobi (laughs) calling him Jesus or not, you're, any prayer is to God, right? So whether you're praying to St. Anthony, God, for me, is directly hearing that no matter what. Yeah. No matter what. So is, is oh, dear St. Anthony, that is, for me, just another way of saying, dear God, because every God hears all our prayers, right? So that's, that's that process of the second Reformation, if you will, right? Martin Luther didn't really go that far. Um, Calvin, Zwingli, you know, those of us who are Reformed. Right. Like kind of went that far to, yep. to go there. So for me, I, I don't know, but I also am a universalist in the way that, um, and don't come take my Presbyterian card away. Right. But like prayer is prayer. So dear, whoever you're, you're being changed. The world is being changed. That Jungian un- collective unconscious is existing in the world, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so you, you led with the interesting question, Brian, of can you pray to a saint? Um, anyone can pray to anything they want to. You can pray to a chair if you want to. Um, well now, well done. Uh, as to what's listening on the other side, that's a whole different question. Um, I'm going to echo Shannon's point. Um, 
by taking it to a whole other religion. When we look at like Hinduism, for example, all the different gods are simply, you know, different deifications of the one God of, 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 of Brahman, um, of Atman, of, of all that is. They're just, you know, different personifications that can relate to whatever issue is going on in your life. So from that perspective, I can see that now from my theological perspective, um, it's never so much a praying to as it is a praying from. So for me, it's, it's the praying falls into um, that tricky area. If we are praying to God with a specific request or something, and then what happens when that, that, that request doesn't come true or, you know, is God not hearing our prayers? Is God fickle? You know, how many people were praying for the Patriots to win? How many people were praying for the Eagles to win? You know, and there was only one winner. <laughs> <laughs> um, My prayer is stronger than Brian's prayer. I just want to point apparently, clearly. apparently, you know. Those who don't believe in women priests or women ministers, my prayer won. Um, what was one church Marky sign said, you know, eagles are mentioned how many times in the Bible and not one, not one mention of a patriot. And, a wait, can we just throw this in? Please, God, let me throw this in. Go. That the lectionary, and those yes. who don't know that word, but the lectionary for the day, which is, um, so there's this three-year cycle that ministers use and churches use to get like as many scriptures as they can all yeah. over the Bible in. There's an Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm, Epistle. Um, and Oh, Isaiah 40, 30, and they shall <laughs> rise up like wings on eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. Mm. And my entire congregation busted out laughing. And I said, may it be so. <laughs> oh my. They shall it, walk, but will they stay in bounds? I think that's still <laughs> up, for, up for debate. Will they drop the ball, catch it again, and the refs call it a touchdown? That's Amazing. Right. Amazing. Sometimes you need a little grace to, to pull it off. So we read that we read that text also, and I made I made zero football references on Super Bowl Sunday. So I feel like I get extra points in heaven for not doing that. But so they all they all know I'm on boycott, and they they're like, oh, we tolerate Shannon, but we don't understand her, right? And and I read that, and they laugh, and they're like, I'm just because they know that yeah, it's it's my heart, and it's anyway. But I, it's on Jesus' side. It's Jesus was Jesus was intervening. I believe it. Jesus was riding a mighty eagle. Listen, this was I used so much theology on Sunday that is not my theology oh, that it wasn't different. even funny. Right? Like, wow. <laughs> well, I I had to remind the uh, the one third of my congregation that came out in their Patriots gear that uh, you know we don't we don't. You know, we, we in unity, you know, God is presence within, not, you know, patriot lover in the sky somewhere. So you could pray as much as you want, but God didn't answer in your prayers in that way. So just remember. Right. God's not the old white patriot in the sky. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But to get back, get back to that thought of prayer, though, for me and in unity, prayer is prayer is not so much to God as in you know, beseeching, asking, praising, but more of an affirmation of our own uh, divinity. So, so we use, we use that terminology instead of praying to God, we pray from God as in we affirm our, our inner divinity to, to, to guide, inspire us, whatever situation we are in. So, so, so that's all I got to say about that in, in, in terms of prayer. There's no praying to, there's just praying from. Yeah. Yeah, I found uh, a statement from Gandhi, which I, I like and, and connects with what you were saying. And, and he said, prayer is not asking, it is a longing of the soul. It's a daily admission of one's weakness. It is better in prayer to have a heart without words than words without a heart. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I like that it goes beyond the words. It, it's sort of right. like it, 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 prayer is our intention within. And sometimes we articulate that however imperfectly and sometimes we don't but i i believe it can still be prayer and so to that end i think what as both of you have said uh you know we may not have the the right target or or say the words right or whatever but i believe uh god the divine knows and understands the intention in our hearts and i mean scripture backs us up with that right like 
God knows my heart before I speak it, you know, knows my mind before God hears it. You know, uh, that is, that is very scripturally based. So you're saying Um, God is, God is big brother. No. In fact, I think the the opposite, Ah. God is part of me and, but part of everything, right? God is in and through and with everything. And so, however, I also think, so this was my, you know, little kid Sunday school question of like, why do we need prayer? And then I would go a step further in like high school. And this is why churches hated me. Right. Is that I would say, well, if Jesus was God, why was he praying? Mm. Right. Mm. So, so why did Jesus pray? If Jesus why you got to ask that? Shannon? Right? This is not why the time. Be difficult? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, go ahead. But, well, and and this is where theology gets really complicated. Of so, my my faith says um, Jesus is fully God and fully human, and the humanity of Him. So the so I, I I'm sure I've told this story. Maybe whatever. The reason I am a Christian today, um, I was in college. I I was raised Christian. I was raised very conservative evangelical. Um, later in like high school, found some people who were, I, I got, finally got into therapy with a Jungian psychologist, taught me about God through Jung and, and youth group leaders that were very helpful. Anyway, I go into college and I'm still this very universalist, like rejecting Christianity basically still, because the very conservative evangelical childhood just kind of destroyed me. And the other side of that was I very much felt a sense of call to serve God in this way. And my, that, that language, those voices did not allow me to do that. So screw them, right? Screw Christianity. I don't need them. So I, I, my minor is in kind of religious studies. And as I studied all the religions, as most people do, when you study Hinduism and Buddhism and Jainism and, and just all of these beautiful things out there, you see how much there is in common right? Which is compassion and good and a strive for morality and kindness and who God is in our life. And what is life about, right? All these existential questions. Anyway, all of this came to a, to a point and I said, well, what, what's, what does all of this mean? Right? So I would pray like, what does all this mean? What does this mean for my life? And I found the garden of Gethsemane the story of in Matthew, Matthew's version is my favorite. And the story of Jesus, the moments before his arrest in complete turmoil, here is God, right? This is what it came down to for me. Here is God praying in a garden. I don't really want to do this, but if this is what is best, then, then so be it. Mm. Right. I think it's like, I think it's like any good parent child relationship. You want me to do what? (laughs) Right. You say what now? (laughs) (laughs) and you want me to give and sacrifice for a greater good like what does that mean and how does that work and and the ability to say i to admit admit to god i don't want this i don't want to do it i am scared i am afraid and i read that story and i said wow that is a god who gets me that is a god who understands me and it was through a story of prayer that that happened, that, that Jesus was willing to give everything he had, every minute detail of what he wanted to hide, what would really, for me, I wanted to hide from God, right? Mm. Dear God, please don't, please don't make me do this. I don't want to do, right? This is hard. This is scary. This is, now I wasn't going to a cross. I was feeling a call to ministry, et cetera, et cetera. But, but. Hey, 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 there, there ain't no difference. (laughs) We are ministers. There are no difference. Come on. <laughs> but nonetheless, this, this just, uh, that was the moment. I think, I think a lot of Christians have that moment where we, where we say, wow, this God understands me. And that happens through prayer and be, is formed through prayer. Hmm. So all of this is to say, God is everywhere. God knows my thoughts and knows my feelings, but God brings people into my life. God brings stories into my life, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And through prayer, I, I search and I look for, and I seek answers. 
I don't always get answers. Yeah. Answers is a really hard word, but there it is, right? So I think you just laid out kind of a beautiful picture of, of prayer and, and how it's uh, had a role in your life in a way that many of us connect with uh, and many others listening, no doubt. Uh, but we had this question come in from a listener who said, can you make your church appealing to those who don't believe in God? What would that look like? Can you present your same spiritual message and not mention God? And just wondering what you both think of that, because it's it's an interesting question, because being a part of uh, faith and the church, God is uh, in many ways the center around which we gather. And so what happens if you remove that center? So, So for me, it's like, can you can you make Burger King appealing if you don't eat hamburgers, right? Um, but that's why they all have those chicken products. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going oh, there. Uh, there it is. Yes. <laughs> that's what that milkshake machine's for. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Exactly. And they started selling hot dogs too. And I gotta tell you, I was doubtful at first, but those Burger King hot dogs are actually kind of. <laughs> oh wow! I don't know if I've ever had one. Yes, I don't know. But all right, might so be a regional thing. The the answer the answer is um, I don't know about my church specifically because yes God is you know however you know every church or denomination has their different way they view understand God and the relationship to with and in God so so you know go find the one that appeals to you now if you don't believe in God what is your option but to realize church brings a lot of other things besides that and what it brought up for me is the atheist churches atheist churches are a thing that are real they exist they're out there they are church gatherings that don't have god involved so what's left you have fellowship you have community you have music song and music yeah you you have the shared experience you have a shared experience so so you can really push those as the reasons for getting together apart from um, some kind of spiritual religious uh, um, indicator. And, and a good church, I think, promotes both of them um, as well. Both the, both the religious aspect about this is, you know, this is a place where you can come deepen your experience with God as you understand God. And this is a place where you deepen your connection to other human beings who are on this path with you. So, yeah, I, it's possible, but, but you got to be clear that that's the church that you are. So I wouldn't try to tell people, come to unity because we don't talk about God. Right. I'm not going to say that. In fact, you know, there are people in my church who won't use the word God because of all the baggage that they've had from their previous religious experiences. You know, religious abuse is a real thing. Um, Very much. So yeah. they use words like spirit and love. And I'm always clear to share to people you know, I've come full circle. I, I went through that where I stopped using the word God. I've come full circle where I'm comfortable with it, but the word doesn't matter. Call it love, call it spirit, call it the universe, call it infinite, call it whatever you are comfortable with. Call it Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ooh, All wrong. The, for, the force is strong in this one. <laughs> exactly. Whatever word that you are comfortable with to describe that ineffable experience of spirit. So, you know, I'm not going to get hung up at the words, but when I say God, this is what I, this is what But what I about someone who says there is no ineffable experience of spirit? I don't believe in spirit. I don't believe in anything um, spiritual. So what do you believe in, right? Humanists. So yeah. my aunt, my aunt once said to me, she's like, Shannon, I'm, I'm a humanist. I am whatever. And I said, wow. I, I said, I really think that's great. I, I really do not have that much faith in humanity. And it is not because I don't think that humans were good to begin with. It's just, Mm -hmm. wow, we need something forcing us and not forcing in a, in a shameful way. Right. But like, I believe that without that, without that force pulling us to good, we would just go off the rails and we do and have in so many ways. But, but to respond to that, my first thought when, when that question was sent was, well, yeah. why? Why would I want to do that? Why, why would I ever do that? Yeah. And the reality is I've done it. I've done it for weddings. I've done mm-hmm. it for funerals. I, I have stripped God out of it 
And I've wrestled with that as a minister, right? Well, why do you want me then? Like then hire a justice of the peace, right? Hire anybody. And, and I just, I had a wedding last November or last December where they didn't want, they didn't want any Jesus language. They barely would let me use God language or pray. Right. And I was really struggling. And this is a family who has a long history and I love them. And I've been through a lot of stuff with even this couple and I very much wanted to do their wedding. But so was it like a, let's, let's close our eyes and spend a moment reflecting on the nothingness? <laughs> well, and again, it was this, it's this weird push pull. Like I yeah. get less of like, I absolutely do not believe in God. Right. More in a like universalist, like I don't know what I believe. And, and we certainly, I know what I don't believe, right? Like people are really, yeah. they, they can really hang on to what they don't believe and, and aren't as clear about what they do believe, which I get, I know what I don't believe very much. So what I do believe is a little more murky, although I've, I've put language on it. Um, And it should be that way. I think when we start, when we start nailing ourselves down into belief so strongly that we don't leave ourselves. That's when we get in trouble, right? We get in trouble. So, so the murkiness. As I thought about it more, right. So my gut reaction was like, screw that. You know, my, my second reaction was good or bad. You probably could, right. You could probably come to my church and hear if you, if you dropped the God language, you could hear a message of morality, a message of what it is to be a good person, a good neighbor, um, a message of going into the world to serve others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and what you would hear is, here's my motivation for doing that. My motivation for doing that is that I believe God asks that of me. And I believe that God has given me goodness in the world, which includes abundant life. And therefore I want to serve and I, I cannot help but give back. But if you remove that aspect of it, what you would hear is here's how to be a good person. Here's how to love your, your people around you. Here's how to be a great societal member, not a patriot, like not necessarily not a patriot, not a patriot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Never would I want to be considered a patriot. Wow. Or a fan of that. Damn. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Man. But, you know, here's here's how to here's how to be like so I wrestled with this what eventually what this comes down to and then I'll let Brian talk. <laughs> I wrestled down with the the question of is it enough to be moral but not religious? Is it enough to be a good person without God? Mm. Right? I mean, that's, that's essentially what I felt like this person was asking. Yeah, that is a good way to frame it. And my response to that would be, yes, I, I, I think absolutely. The, the you, you being the best you you can be, however you do that, is perfectly fine. Uh, but that, you know, that's a, I've had to go on quite a journey to get to that point because I used to think, well, no, that's a problem and you're going to burn in hell if you don't, you know, believe the right things about God and what God did uh, to make sure you don't die in such hideous, tormented fashion for eternity. <clears throat> Stop there. <laughs> uh, but no, I think, I think it's absolutely, you know, we all are seeking to be uh, beings that represent love and light and compassion and healing. And for many of us, we find that we find, as you said, the motivation, um, the, the strength to, to do that and to, and to change and grow in our spiritual traditions and through practices of prayer, uh, meditation, uh, scripture reading, meeting with other people in our, um, faith communities. Uh, but I also get and have a lot of friends who that's not meaningful to them when there's really a lot of God language. And so, you know, but they still have a strong desire to live a, a love-based ethic in the world. Uh, so, you know, so like I think you both have said, if someone comes to my church, we do say the word God and talk about God and talk about Jesus. Uh, but also we, we really do focus a lot on, um, on the life and the teachings of Jesus and what that looks like and how I live as a neighbor, as a parent, as a, as a person in society. 
and there are God components to that, but there's also, which I might call the vertical aspect, but there's a whole lot of horizontal, how do I live this week in the world? So true, true story. I only found this out like two weeks ago. I've been at this church now, started 2015. So 15, 16, 17, I'm starting my fourth year. I only just found this out. There's a guy who comes to our church only for fellowship after service. And he's been doing this for like the last 10 years. Dude does not come to service. He just shows So he shows up after it's over. After it's over. And like <laughs> he comes, he hangs out, he talks with people. Everybody knows him. He eats the food. He helps clean up afterwards. Like this is his Sunday afternoon community. And I'm like. And you had assumed he was there the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Because when I, I was like, I was like, is, is this like a homeless person coming for food? Right, like, sure. What, and, and whatever, right? Yeah, and then, well, and, that's right. And they were like, no, 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 he, he, he comes. And I was like, and when they, I was like, who is this person? And they described him. I was like, I know who that dude is. He's not in service. And they're like, no. He just, and my brain didn't know what to do with that. Yeah, you were like, Joe, what'd you think of the message this morning? He's like, what message? Did you text me? <laughs> now the other the other side of all of this is when i when i hear this question i think i i do not think let me put it that way i do not think that it is the church's place to make it a house without god right like right. i don't i don't Agreed. think that the Agreed. best outreach strategy for our congregation yeah. to get more people in is to strip God away from it. Unless right. you're specifically an atheist church. Unless you aren't right. Absolutely. But, but I feel like um, our listeners question is right. a church that believes in God. Is it helpful, et cetera, et cetera. Now I, I will say good or bad. So we are, a we are um, the church that I serve is not a really a community church. We're a very suburban church where there's not a community center. Mm. Right. Yeah. And so we've had to try this, this find this identity. I mean, all church almost, at least let me put it this way. It feels like almost all church models are this very community oriented, get out in your neighborhood, find out who your people are, you know, kind right. of church. Yeah. And, and especially when you talk about outreach right now, that's the motivation. Who are your neighbors? Find them. And that's just not our reality. Like, and I could go into detail, but it's, it's not. not, it's not a, like a parish neighborhood sort of. It's setup. not, yeah. it's genuinely not. And so our, we are a mission oriented church. And I, I say this about our church all the time. If you had to, choose, if you had to ask the congregation, which is more important, important worship or mission, they would actually think before they answered that question. And, that, and that's part of the reason why I was called here. Could you be involved in our mission, which is our primary purpose? Yeah. Mm. Not even where I would, I mean, worship is really secondary to our missions. Nice. Yeah. And that is a struggle, but that is true. Um, and, and we are actually moving in a direction where you don't have to necessarily come to worship, but absolutely be involved in our mission do you want to teach your children about serving others? Then come here to this place. Yeah. So in a lot of, in, in some ways, in a, in a different way, we are doing that. We, not because we've removed God from it, but because you don't have to necessarily believe in God to serve your neighbor. So yeah. come down and serve at the, at the women's battered shelter with us anyway, even yep. if you don't believe in God, come do it with us anyway. Yep. Um, and, and maybe, or maybe not participate in our quote unquote worship of God community, yeah. but come I, be part of that community anyway. I like that a lot. And I, I, I think we're aspiring to be that kind of community. I think right now, definitely our biggest sort of community time and, and, and energy is around our Sunday worship. Um, as a new church, that's kind of the time when people see each other and, and it's our weekly rhythm and all of that. We have other things going on, but we really are trying to shift into how do, how do we be more intentional about the ways we're serving, the ways we are incarnating the values uh, that we long for of justice, peace, uh, equality in our city, in, in our wider region, in our world. And what does that look like? You know, uh, how can we be more activists uh, and putting hands and feet to the things we say that Jesus cares about? Yeah. And that isn't to say that people that from 
quote unquote, the church, right? Members, people that attend worship, et cetera, aren't embracing why they're doing that out of their faith. It's just right. saying, why can't we serve along with others who don't necessarily believe that also? That's so come right. join us. Yep. Anyway, right? Do it anyway. Yep. It's and, the right and, thing to do. and the flip side also, come join us and don't do it. Like, you know, for yeah. those people for whom the worship experience is what brings them in the door, that's okay too. Yes. Um, and- oh, no, that's right. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, yeah. I do feel like for churches, that's a given. Right. No, that's not a but uh, it, it, not 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 so much because because there are churches who are very missional who inadvertently send the message if you are not mission in with us. Is that a word? Mission in with us. Why not? Mission in you just take up yeah. You just taking up space. I live in mission in. It's right here. You live, you live in mission. You live in mission Where where on the hand do you live in? Exactly, right over here, you know. It's shaped like a hand mission in Chicago, <laughs> Detroit, me. There you go. Um, so, so, so that's, that's the challenge, you know, of a spiritual community, regardless of, of how, how do you make everyone feel welcome across the spectrum? You know, those who want the true vertical experience, those who want the true horizontal experience, those who want to stand in the apex of both of those and just be there. Absolutely. And that's the danger of where we're headed, right? Where, where, at least from what we see and what statistics tell us is that where we're headed is to a place where we have significantly more people involved in mission that are not involved in the worship life of the church or the scriptural life in the church or God beliefs in the church. So on one hand, I want to say to our listeners question, like, hell no, that's not the, that's not the church's job, right? That's a civil organization's job. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, I say, well, in some ways, if we want to keep doing what we're doing, then we've got to tap into that. And then there's another voice in me that says, did you just use the phrase tap into that in regarding to church? <laughs> right? Like this, uh, on a beer, on a beer themed, <laughs> on podcast. a beer themed, right? So like, mm. um, you know, there's, there's struggle in being church period, no right? Doubt. There's struggle in that whole process. Um, we want to, we want to condemn Ram for using Martin Luther King's speech where he condemns, freaking car commercials during the speech and yet can i really stand in in, integrity in a worship in a building that we quote unquote own on property on is that really following the ways of my teachings of jesus right Mm, do i really have a leg to stand on on any of this well that's fair enough right it's easy to launch the critique how much am i willing to turn that right around on myself. Yeah, no, no. Don't get know, me wrong. Fair I'm enough, but but uh, I didn't Don't just get me wrong. To... That's wrong. I'm I'm gonna let <laughs> yeah, I'm not exactly. I'm not gonna let you get away with that because there's a difference between what you do as a church and a company trying to turn a profit selling cars. Not not the same thing. Not the same thing. Absolutely not. But I do feel like at least in my denomination, I at, at mainline churches are shrinking, churches are getting smaller, and everything's becomes about numbers and how do we get our numbers up and bodies up and money up and and well, I'm I'm tired of that conversation. I'd rather have a faith conversation. Well well sure. I, and and I yeah. think I think we're not churches in general are not willing and ready to have the conver- the real conversation about why churches are shrinking, which is so many churches have not evolved on their idea of we're 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 talking about God. We're talking about this idea that was really created you know, in a mythical context. And here we are in 2018. There's not a lot of mythicalness that people buy into anymore, but we're asking them to buy into God. So how, but, 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 but the idea of God is still a real concept. So how, how do we shift that, that view? How do we shift that idea? How do we, how, how, I mean, are we surprised that rationally thinking people are not buying into what is ultimately an irrational idea? Right. You, you know, and, 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 and instead of, and, and all churches are asking is why aren't more people believing in God? My question is why aren't more churches telling people you don't need to believe in this God as we've believed it for so many centuries, because we understand how that storyline of what God is was created 
isn't you know maybe it's Whoa. time we need to all change that storyline i feel like a whole new episode that's needs to come out of this <laughs> i mean we're starting to go to, that's what happens hey when we the hour mark we're like yes. right no. you know, and, and perhaps that's what the listener's question is really also addressing for those who don't believe in god which god are they not believing in well let's not lie about that i don't believe in the god that i grew up with i do not yeah. believe in that vengeful horrible condemning god sometimes i i'll be very honest about this in the trump era sometimes i wish i did yeah sometimes (laughs) i truly wish that i felt like you will get yours you are gonna burn in hell for this i really wish that i could tap back into that and i just can't Hmm. and i'm struggling with compassion there i'm struggling that mercy and grace will be given to people that are so vindictive and so mean and so hateful. I I struggle with that, but that to me, and, and maybe this is my limited sightedness, right? Without my faith, I don't know where I would get the strength to have compassion. I don't know where, where the, I'm depleted personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll, right. come from, it'll come from the Doritos. It will because oh. the Doritos are delicious. Let's and, not and, buy and the fire. They bring the fire now. So. And let's not talk about how much weight I've gained since Trump has been elected. <laughs> <laughs> we, we won't talk about it. <laughs> but nonetheless, I do. I do believe that. Um, I do believe that this is a struggle for churches and churches going forward. Of we have this great belief. And yet you don't get that message out there, right? I read these articles of, well, the new generation is mission oriented. Great. Guess who does mission really well? Yeah, right. Guess who's done it well for a really long time. Mm. And I'm really tired of having the conversation of, yes, I believe in God and I'm a minister, but not that kind. And yet that's, that's the call. Like that is the call for all of us right now is to get that message out in the world that says, you don't believe in God, but yet I can tell you about a God you might believe in because I don't believe in God as you're defining it or as Fox News is defining it. Not to. Yeah, I'm going to bash Fox News because I don't care. I'm, yeah. I'm fine with that. There, there you go. I like I like the sports, the uh, the sports car metaphor that tells you put uh, put the high test fuel in. You know, I, I you know, I, I tried driving my Miata on a tank of regular. And it just wasn't going nearly as well. That's when uh-huh. I put the ultimate in because I was trying to save some money, but it was not working well, uh, which is like, you know, you want to have your life without a spiritual experience. Sure, you'll, right. you'll still have one. But for me, having a spiritual element in your life, no matter what it is, that's like putting some high test fuel in. That's like making yourself go. That's like truly maximizing the potential because because we are emotional beings we are physical beings and we are also spiritual beings yes and that to me is the can i live a good life without um being religious absolutely can i live a good life without god is is being moral enough it's enough but do but it feels like settling to me Take your want, good to great. I want more, right? Good is mm. the enemy of great, right? Take like, good to great. There you want to so you want to get your Falcon Heavy off the launch pad, exactly. right? That's happening today. SpaceX launching yeah. a new yeah. missile. Sorry, right? Like we want to. I want to go higher. I want to go better. I want to. I want to not join the army and be the best I can be. And <laughs> let's 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 hope the rocket doesn't blow up like the last one. Oh, oh sh- wow. Mm. <laughs> I feel like that crash landing might be our segue, uh, you know. I think it might be the end of our episode. <laughs> might be the, yeah, exactly. And we just fizzled on the launch pad. So. <laughs> well, thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pup Theology Live. Please connect and spread the word on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. No, that's where you're listening. You're spreading the word on social media. You're listening <laughs> on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes. Speaking of launchpad failure. Um, <laughs> but wait, 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 wait. You spread the word there too when you give reviews. So review us. Oh, please exactly. do. That'd be fun. Give us, yeah. give us all the stars, um, all the stars. On, the, on the ratings. And if you want to find a pub theology group that's meeting locally at a pub, brewery, 
uh, wine bar in your town, check out the directory at pubtheology.com. And if you don't see one, you'll find some resources there to help you get up and running. And thank you again to our sponsors, Wink Wine Club, who you'll find at trywink.com slash ptlive, and the New Thought Channel, who you'll find at newthoughtchannel.com. Don't forget our Valentine's uh, episode next week. Come back for that. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. Having not had a drink in like six weeks, are you a little tipsy from one? Um, No, this past Saturday, Saturday was Sarah's birthday and she had birthday brunch and yeah. I, I, I had my fair share of mimosas so I okay. kind of broke that ice. So you, um, you you burst the bubble there. I, I burst the bubble. Plus I am I am way too deep of, of a drinker. <laughs> I know I think I would You like built up the tolerance. Yeah. Come on. I, I think my tolerance would not be phased by a month. No, no, <laughs> how, how is that Choco Vesa by the way? Oh it was delicious. It's an 8% or two but this it was delicious. <laughs>